0: Did you ever, like, watch a show that um, you really, really enjoyed? It's like you'll watch it every week when it, when it came on. Uh, you watch the reruns. You talk about it in your Facebook clubs and shit. And something just happens in the series to where it, it really turns you off. And, you know, you subconsciously stop watching that series, not because you really want to, but because that thing that happened kind of like uh, for you, for me, it was uh, Game of Thrones when uh that uh, bloody or uh, that red wedding or bloody wedding thing happened and like all the fucking main characters died. Right. And then uh Walking Dead, it was when Rick's son died. um I was like, oh, like, dude, fuck that. Well, really, it was after Glenn died. I was like, "Oh man, fuck this shit." Um and I have a lot of other shows that I do that with as well. But do you know that like those sometimes it's like uh those same shows that kind of showed you this thing could bring you back in like, "Hey, this was actually cooler than I thought it was and I was really just tripping about this guy dying or, you know, I was I had too much of an emotional attachment to one character." And then you start seeing how good the show has gotten. Uh that's kind of how the democratic debates are. Um Man, really it got to a point to where like I was fatigued every single time I watched the democratic debate. I think it was really after that um Kamala after Kamala and Tosi sparred for the first time against each other and man, I'm like woo. After that, like it, it kind of like flatlined, but now the debates are becoming interesting again. I don't know if it's because uh, we're weeding out the field and we're trimming off the fat, but it, it's actually becoming it, now the debates are a bit interesting again. Still boring as shit, and I see you know, and I still have my ways or my ideas to how we could better the debates and make it more inclusive to, let's say, a younger or more digestible audience, but. Today we're going to be talking about everything, man. We're going to be talking about uh, Tulsi and Kamala's round two. We're going to be talking about how Tulsi kind of got dogpiled um, by Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg. And we're also going to talk about Bernie's comeback, Tom Steyer's performance uh first performance uh well no it's not his first performance it's like his second right probably his first i don't know but his first performance uh if it was, he had another performance it was forgettable um uh we're just gonna de- talk about how the night went so let's waste no time and let's get right into it <laughs> I don't really know how I'm gonna do this this time. um, it seems like I always have different formats um but I guess i'm gonna uh start off by just a couple of takeaways that you know I kind of noticed during the debate um One of the first things I really noticed throughout the debate um first thing out the gate was um Warren Elizabeth Warren really defending you know her progressive policies because you know they've been getting itched on lately by the media and really by both sides, right the centrist neo-lib side who say no back off and then like the super left side who say like okay what you're doing is not really making sense um and so but for warren for Warren's uh Medicare for all, I'm not gonna really get into that this episode because it's so comprehensive and to really uh it, it, it has to take a comprehensive look to really understand all the critiques that it's getting um but i mean it, it is it, it is technically objectively the most detailed plan now. Do those details add up <laughs> that the, and does the math add up we'll We'll get to that in, in another episode where like we can just comprehensively hash out these plans. Um, but from the get go, um, it was I think uh, the the moderator set it up to be uh, Corey versus Warren, and um, it was uh, just basically Corey disagreeing with uh, Warren's wealth tax and then promotes the state tax and increased capital gains tax, and, and 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 that's cool. Um, I what I really seen about this um, debate is that how much I really like Cory Booker's politics, like, <laughs> even though he's like a Wall Street croony and you're like, know, yeah, we already know he. Uh, who he's getting money from? Uh, who to who, uh, to protect? His politics, like definitely on like social justice and just on like you know uh, the economy, is very. I, I agree with it a lot. Um, just not necessarily the wealth tax. Um, I actually feel like we should actually try implementing the wealth tax. Um, but I do I do like the lane that he went to it because it's like he he still believes in taxing these dudes. So it's just instead of like doing something that's really hard to implement, like you know uh uh via historical evidence um he said let's promote the estate tax and increase the capital gains tax the only thing about this is that a lot of people use the capital gains tax as an opt out to like income tax so you know really if we could implement the wealth tax system we would get way more money out of these people um whether say for an estate tax or an increased capital gains tax i wish he would have added uh Adding a higher marginal income tax as well because I feel like we should tax these dudes at every corner, man. I don't even feel like we should stop at a wealth tax. Um, but um, I I kind of like this debate because it was a really good debate because it's like Corey, he was just saying that like basically like on the same print we're on the same principles here. We we both feel like we need to tax the rich to you know, uh, basically get what we want done. But then Warren kind of just flipped it and was like, "Hey, my wealth tax—we could do more for social justice programs—and in, in, with my wealth tax, um, I can pay for my um for the uh, the kind of the redlining plan, the anti-redlining plan. She's kind of put off, which, which basically is supposed to fight um the past um redlining uh, that happened, with basic basically uh, giving um black people um grants to live in like homes in new areas or some shit, um, but yeah so she was just saying like basically we can use my wealth tax to you know pay for more social justice program and then where where i didn't really like where it went is like after that when warren said hey my wealth tax like if implemented will get more money to pay for more social justice programs what he should have said was well i have a pragmatic concrete way to get you know to these social justice, justice, uh, welfare programs, you have all these blocks with the wealth tax. He could have did something like that, um, but I guess he just didn't want to be disingenuous and really, um, he kind of let uh, it was I don't know if it's a fruity and slip because he just said it, but uh, he kind of let his true colors show, um, when he responded to her by saying, "Well, a wealth tax isn't fair," and wow 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 because it's like man you just you gotta understand you're in a democratic party dude and we're trying to and, and, and millennials and kids who are like actually participating in this election trying to shift this bitch left and they believe that you we should absolutely eat the rich um but yeah he said that the, the wealth tax is unfair uh I guess uh because um you would ha- we would have to actually like literally liquidate people's assets for them to get uh for them uh to pay their that wealth tax but again, it's 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 not even gonna put a dent in like them actually being rich, like so it's just like for you to to say that oh well we're 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 taking we're literally taking money from the rich, yes we are we're literally taking money from the rich and distributing to the poor I don't understand why that's such a hard concept to like uh even like come to terms with but. That's when Warren just answered back and was like, Well, I'm tired of free load be lo- billionaires who uh just pay uh this these these BS charity amounts, uh like say for instance, like Jeff Bezos just dumped like ninety eight million to uh help homelessness in like Seattle, but you know, he simultaneously um didn't pay his taxes, would have which would have if he did Marginally been way more than just ninety eight million dollars. Uh, I see. This is why I don't believe in aspects of charity. That I uh, see. That's what a billionaire is gonna tell you. A billionaire is gonna tell you that. Well, you know, I pay so much into charity, and if you wealth tax me, I'll give less to charity. Ninety eight million is 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 literally like point six like point zero zero six six of Jeff Bezos income. Like I I did the math earlier. I I just forgot the, the, the exact figure. But yeah, it's not even like a, a whole percentage of Jeff Bezos income. So <laughs> this is how rich these people are. So yeah, like Warren said, we're tired of free loan billionaires. We're tired of people, these billionaires getting tax breaks while people don't have health care. And you know, we're we're tired of this. And so that was really one thing uh, that kind of stood out to me. That was a really good argument between them two. And I think Warren really held herself well, well considering like she started off the night promoting that wealth tax, which is really shocking. Um, we, shocking for Elizabeth Warren. But I guess um, during the debate, she was like pandering to the left side, and we'll get more into that later. But um, uh, one thing I, I really didn't like was uh, Joe Biden's disingenuous argument when uh, Sanders was uh, defending Medicare for all like he he basically said he was like medicare for all will have a taxing price on people uh on people of of, of by 30 trillion dollars and he he's basically saying what he's basically saying is that and how he kind of like worded it was basically saying that well what Sanders wants to do he wants to do do away with everything including what we you know the 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 uh remnants are the uh, residue of uh that is ACA he wants to completely get away with uh get rid of all that and then implement his system system, which is a total like disingenuous statement because every time Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren actually campaign on Medicare for all they make sure to say that they're soon as they get into office they're going to Work on and, 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 and um and, and, and a st- work on and establish the public option, which you know Obama was trying to do with the ACA until he made the individual ma- mandate. Work on the ACA and then, depending on their transitional periods, because I think both of them, Elizabeth and Bernie, I don't know because I seen somewhere Pfft, Elizabeth in the actual plan at first, the first plan, and and because uh, that's another thing about Elizabeth. Warren's wealth tax And her, and her inf, uh, Medicare for all plan As of recent They've been like Being like redacted And redone So I don't know Like the current stage of it Um But I know In, in Sanders' plan It's a three year transition Um At first I seen A ten year transition With Warren Now I'm seeing A three year transition again I don't know exactly What it is All I know is that Both people have pledged To work on the ACA And establish that first I see literally All Joe Biden wants to do Is what you know <laughs> Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, it it uh, it's already doing. It's already guaranteed that they're gonna do, but they want to add on to that system because, as we know, at people on the show know, uh, Biden Care would still leave at least twenty million people off of health care. Um, so very disingenuous. Um, oh, but uh, when the uh moderators <laughs> went off a of, after Pete uh Buttigieg's elect electability. Um, it, That was pretty cool. What I kind of like, even though I hated all the moderators so far, there's just not like a pool of moderators or a, a certain debate that I liked. Um, what I really do like is that whoever is in that front running position, they're going to be getting the heat. They're going to be getting the heat. Uh, Joe got the heat. Um. Uh-huh. Elizabeth got the heat. And, you know, even though Pete is not really a front runner nationally, he did like a surge into like first place when and when it comes to places and uh, when it comes to the uh, first caucus states, that being New Hampshire and Iowa. Um, but they went after Pete's electability and the moderator set it up. They set up uh for Amy uh, Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg because Amy said uh in an interview that, you know, if you know, Pete was basically a woman or, you know, yeah, Pete was basically a woman, he wouldn't be on the stage. (laughs) And like, and she was just basically calling out, you know, white cis male privilege, you know, and and, and it's so crazy that she called her out, called that out, because it's like, in, in a world to where, like, if Pete was actually advocating for any type of social justice, the left would have called her out the left would have now let's be honest man if if Pete was like a hard hardcore like lefty or social lefty uh, s j w let's just be honest man like people would have been like, "Amy, why are you talking about a gay man like that because he's woke and he's you know people would have played that out of identity politics, but I guess really Pete being gay is like has nothing to do with his like social ideology when it comes to people, and it has really nothing to do with you know his if he should be president or not, which is great because I thought a lot of people would fall for that bullshit of oh well he's gay um so that means team must be progressive absolutely bullshit um he's still a white cis male <laughs> that has been afforded luxuries and that are that is still afforded luxuries uh. opportunities quicker than his female counterparts. Like, and that's what just basically Amy, Amy Klobuchar was saying, basically, because look at it. If Amy Klobuchar went into the military and all she did was become the mayor of a town, not, not a governor of a state, not nothing. And she just became a mayor of a town. And, of course, she did, like, some party, like, she worked with the Democratic Party, blase, blase. But really, all her compliments, her compliments stop at her education and her being a mayor at a time. So it's just, like, her tenure wouldn't be, um, emerita, uh, like, emeritus enough to where, like, people could say, oh, well, yeah, yeah you know, she's definitely, she, she should definitely want to Run for president? No, if Amy Klobuchar was just a mayor from South Bend (laughs) out of the military, then no, she would. She would not make it this far. Um, She she would not. I mean, as far as Pete Buttigieg and Pete Buttigieg has been a plant for a while. So when people say like when people act like this is just some organic like growth from Pete, like no, he's a he's an organic plant, and unfortunately, the Democratic establishment is trying to prop him up to be the next big thing. Um, yeah, so she did that. She she dunked on him because, like, she even said, like, you know, I brought up her girl Nancy Pelosi, all that dunked on him. Um, what I didn't like about the, what the moderators tried to, like, make a conversation, uh, does Trump use Twitter too much? Like, that's so stupid. Like, first of all, if if we were, like, really to answer this question, I mean, yeah, he uses Twitter a lot, but for them to frame it as a way to be like, oh, well, yeah, he, he just gets on Twitter and tweets and stuff and, like, a president is too bullshit to do something like that. Like, no. Like, if anything, that's the number one thing I can, we can, we should, and just objectively as Democrats, attribute to his great uh ability to galvanize. It's not only his rallies, but it's the fact that he, he knows social media. Like, you know, and we need a president... Who kind of understands that? remember like oh, uh, f d r used to do like that um show um during a uh, world war w- uh two was it um but yeah, it was basically like good good morning, get up some but yeah he he basically used to do a show and it used to be every morning or every week or something like that, and he was basically just give him, like he's basically just giving the state of the union um on this radio show and so And that's the thing with Twitter. Twitter is the new radio. Social media is the new radio. So for you to say a president shouldn't use Twitter. And I know Kamala is big on that because I remember last time she tried to like do like the most cringeworthy shit and like get Elizabeth Warren to endorse her ban Trump policy, which is fucking stupid. But like, like. That shit is just so stupid to me. It's like, we're at a Democratic debate, and we're really just talking about this dude's Twitter account? If anything, Democrats need to learn from Donald Trump on how to fucking use Twitter. But yeah, that was a stupid qu- question. Um, another, another thing I've seen this whole night, um, and this is just a side note. Cory Booker is like way more electable than Pete Buttigieg. I really like, man, if Cory Booker wasn't like a Wall Street plant dude taking corporate money, taking for uh fossil fuel money, I would totally fuck with him like because he's like way better than like half the field um they brought up impeachment, which was boring 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 as fuck i I released that impeachment episode. That's all y'all hearing from me <laughs> until Donald Trump is actually impeached unless until he is hanging on the cross himself y'all not going to hear anything from me concerning impeachment because that is just so boring and it literally puts me to sleep every time I see it. Um Democrats really paid uh really crushed pay leave um Andrew Yang shout out to him man Andrew Yang man now, I, like you guys know, I don't like his politics, but just the way that I really like the way when he comes on the stage that he always brings this empirical uh, evidence. And I feel like that's that's besides people like Bernie, really. Um, you don't really hear that a lot. You don't really hear statistics being spew like being spouted, um, you know, being explained, being interpreted. And like, you know, when it came to pay leave, you know, Yang basically put it on the table and said there's only two countries. Like you know, developed countries who don't have paid leave, and that's us in uh, New Guinea, I think. And so, like, when he put that on there, he was like, "They was like, well, shit, he is right, he is right, he, that boy's right. That's some, that's some, that's some facts." (laughs) And even Washington Post gave, um, Washington Post, Washington Post fact checker gave, um, his, uh his statement or, uh, or his interpretation of that statistic um uh, um a true uh they gave it a um solid rating or something because basically not only it was a correct statistic but it was interpreted in the right manner now um bernie always bernie never really lies about statistics and he usually says like the main like like he usually says the stronger statistic uh are the stronger empir- empirical based evidence. But what 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 comes off a lot of times? People can kind of like nap Bernie in certain places because how he interprets how he interprets those st- statistics are usually a very left wing bias. But yeah, I'm I'm really glad that um Dems like really crushed it when they went to pay leave because again that's a democratic platform that's an automatic democratic pa- pa- platform uh pay leave um. Yeah, Pete was, like, terrible on trade. Um... Oh, and there was this moment to where, like, Joe Biden really dunked on Tom Steyer. And I was like, bruh, if you if you get dunked on Tom Steyer, because basically he was saying, Joe Biden was like, you know, what? in 09, when I was passing the Clean Air Act, you know, you were, you know, lobbying with fossil fuel industries, and it was like, damn, bro, Joe Biden smoked you. Fuck, how did, how did that happen? And then, what I really love is that Bernie went after Biden again on foreign policy and defends non-interventionism. I forgot what what was said, but like he was just basically saying again, Joe, you, you know, you know, you voted for, against this war. And what I really like is like it seems like. Bernie is the only person who could really adequately talk about Biden and not really get heat for it. But we'll we'll talk about that later. Um Cory Booker brings up Yemen and how we shouldn't be having a a, a guns deal with them, which is amazing. Uh Bernie brings up Palestine um and and basically saying US doesn't have a, a principal diplomacy, that we need to, you know, appreciate Palestine. Um, Elizabeth says we... Oh, yeah, and I did not like this when Elizabeth Warren said we need to increase our military. Like, oh shit, what the fuck? Like, ooh, wrong side, Elizabeth. This is a trigger moment. Wrong side. Um... And Pete Buttigieg took a lot of time to, like, dunk on Trump a lot. Which, again, I feel, again, is kind of disingenuous. Like, just hear me out. If you dunking on Trump, like, the whole time, it's just like, bro, you're not the candidate yet. Like, talk about how you're better than this nigga. <laughs> uh, but, um... And then, the funniest thing happened is that uh the, the moderators set up uh Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg... Um, because basically quit backstory, um, Pete Buttigieg basically, uh, made this thing called the Douglas pan and the rollout was like totally shitty, so shitty across multiple boards. Um, long story short, um, uh, the people, the black people who, who he said endorse it, didn't actually endorse it. Um, and the stock image used. For the Douglas plan, oh, and this is going to be the most fucking cringiest part. The stock image used for the Douglas plan had a black mother and a black son, and they were, like, embracing each other. But the... But the problem was, is that the image came from South Africa. Like it wasn't even like legit <laughs> Black American Black people. Like just the image came from South Africa. So it's like Pete Buttigieg doesn't even have like anybody reliable Black on his team. Like, uh, and and he blamed, but he blames every other thing. On why he doesn't have the black vote And why he, su- how, why he sucks the most When it comes to the black vote um, He says that, you know, the people First it was his camp, not him But his camp, uh, people associated with his camp Said that, well, black people don't like the fact That he's gay That was hella racist for him to say So, <laughs> what they started saying Instead is that the black people Don't know him uh, So what you're saying, black people are uninformed voters no, you're just trash and disingenuous But anyway, the moderator set that perfectly up For Kamala to dunk on Pete Because was like, Kamala, you're the black woman, right? You are, um, from that Biden shit You are the black civil rights Martin Luther King Jr. You are the person, like, we don't want you elected at all But, like, you are you are the woman who will take this man down For this, like, silly racist shit that he did So what she does, she says, oh, well, Pete has already apologized for that, so I'm not going to go into that. Says, like, this bullshit identity politics thing to where, like, it's important to, you know, count black people's voice. And then instead of dunking on Pete, instead of dunking on Pete, she saves all her ammunition and then dunks on Tulsi. Or, or, or at least tries to dunk on Tulsi. And, like, this is really one thing that I hated the whole night, man. Um, Tulsi and Pete... I mean, Kamala and Pete really... Um, basically tried to, in a way, dogpile Tulsi Gabbard. Um, because... They, they both went on an attack against her for some reason. Um, I, well, actually, I think she was on the offense against Pete Buttigieg, but um, we actually have a clip that I'm, uh, that I'm gonna go ahead and play. So.
1: But I wanna get back to Pete Buttigieg and his comment about experience. Uh, I, Pete, you'll agree that uh, the service that we both have provided to our country as veterans by itself does not qualify us to serve as commander in chief I think the most recent example of your inexperience in national security and foreign policy came from your recent careless statement about how you as president would be willing to send our troops to Mexico to fight the cartels. As commander in chief, leader of our armed forces, I bring extensive experience serving for seven years in Congress on the Foreign Affairs Committee, on the Armed Services Committee, on the Homeland Security Committee, meeting with leaders of, of uh, countries around the world, working with military commanders of different commands, uh, dealing with high-level national security briefings, understanding what's necessary, the preparation that I've gotten to walk in on day one to serve as Commander-in-Chief. Thank sure. you, Mr. Sure. General, sure. So Peter.
2: i I know that it's par for the course in Washington to take remarks out of context, but that is outlandish, even by the standards of today's politics. Are are you saying that you didn't say that? I was talking about U.S.-Mexico cooperation. We've been doing security cooperation with Mexico for years, with law enforcement cooperation. And a military relationship that could continue to be developed with training relationships, for example. Do you seriously think anybody on this stage is proposing invading Mexico? That, that's not, you know, what, talking I about that's
1: that's not what I talking that's about I
2: building up alliances. <laughs> and if your question is about experience, let's also talk about judgment. One for of the foreign leaders you mentioned meeting, it was Bashar al-Assad. I have in my experience such as it is whether you think it counts or not since it wasn't accumulated in Washington enough judgment that I would not have sat down with a murderous dictator like that.
1: You were asked directly whether you would send our troops to Mexico to fight cartels and your answer was yes. The fact checkers can check this out. But your point about judgment is absolutely correct. Our commander-in-chief does need to have good judgment. And what you've just pointed out is that you would lack the courage to meet with both adversaries and friends to ensure the peace and national security of our nation. I take the example of those leaders who have come before us. Leaders...
0: Alright, that, that's enough. And I'm sorry if the audio was out, cool loud. But yeah. See, alright. So let's just dissect that a bit there. Um... Oh, uh, what 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 happened was fact check. I'm sorry, Tosi. The don't 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 kill me. But technically, no, he wasn't talking about totally invading Mexico. But it was kind of mostly accurate. And look, like, I'm a fact checker. Um, uh, so I give Tosi's comment to Pinocchio's probably one and a half, because he did say that he would send, you know, troops to, you know, Mexico to help, you know, aid, you know, you know, for security measures uh, and not, you know, necessarily war. Um, so I'll give it like one Pinocchio. Yeah, one Pinocchio because it wasn't like an outright lie at all. Um but what 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 the thing about it is is that even though he wasn't just talking about straight up invading Mexico, it still like that would still be preemptively a, a terrible measure to send troops to Mexico and, and to be a security force or or for hire for the Mexican government cuz what so what so but it it's it's going to be all good until a soldier gets killed by a bad hombre and I'm taking the words from Trump, but he he's going to be good until an American soldier dies in Mexico because he got shot on the base or something. It's, it's good until then. And then now we want to have, we're going to, now we're going to increase military presence because now a soldier at war has died when literally we brought the soldiers there in the first place. No, our, our soldiers are not for hire and we just do not pick them up and then ship them to any country that we seem like it that's not going to help mexico in the fucking first place what's going to help mexico is actually uh when it comes to our society taxing these drugs decriminalizing them taxing them and making them harder for the making it harder for the cartel to get um funds or are um basically get revenue and to survive as a and and thrive as a cartel um so um but Increased military president presence isn't that like haven't we seen and this is why I hate people who go after tosi so fucking hard um definitely the the people who be on like the neo lib shit man who who be on this warmongering, uh foreign intervention foreign imperialism shit and in and it's and it's just rampant in the democratic party man like people literally think like Increased military presence helps any anything. When it doesn't, like, <laughs> like you know, the Taliban grew when we went into the inside the Middle East. Like the Taliban was just like not even fifty percent of the of the Iranian government until we went into fucking Middle East and the niggas became bigger. The Taliban increased. ISIS was formed. Man, dude, Al Qaeda, Al Qaeda increased uh presence in, in in some Middle Eastern countries. So it's like when when are we going to realize as an as a nation that doing this bullshit uh imperialism with our sending tro- troops to war is not the answer to solve our foreign problems we need a1 foreign diplomacy we need geniuses thinking at that un table we need geniuses thinking about thinking at uh thinking um at these uh tables when it comes to these multilateral trade agreements that literally put people on notice and literally put people on watch just by not uh, just by holding people accountable with these multilateral trade agreements uh but um yeah, uh just how Pete just came off and then just said, "Oh, well, you do you really think anybody was going to invade Mexico like, dude, that's that's not the point and and I don't really even think Tulsi was like exactly like hammering that. It was just like the fact that like the fact your foreign diplomacy sucks if you think that us like sending troops to Mexico is going to do anything, dude. Um and then he got on, you know, Tosi's meeting with Al Bas Al Al or whatever, um, um, the Syrian guy, and man, that was so disingenuous because it's just like, again, my stance is. Tulsi, she she didn't do it with she did it without congressional approval, and you know she didn't go through the white corners to do what she did, and she did get you know uh condemned for that. But at the end of the day, should she be should we condemn her for meeting with her? No, meeting with him? No, not at all. I mean that's what the fuck, that's what you have to do. Like <laughs> it's just like, i it's the same thing when Donald Trump, like when people were getting mad at Donald Trump for meeting with Kim Jong Un, like like literally like y'all y'all getting mad at the fact that we're we're doing things the peaceful way, and it was like, yeah, you're doing pe- things the peaceful way, but we're, we're not such an e- peaceful person. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> like, we don't have to talk to Angela Merkel and be like, okay, make sure the UA, the the EU fucks with... Like, we don't have to talk, you know, to to ma- uh, Macron from France, like, to make sure, like, hey, uh, France, make sure France uh, fucks with our trade agreements and everything. We don't have to talk to them about shit, because they're our allies, and they're nice people, and they have, you know, uh, what we consider to be non-corrupt governments. But it's just like... <laughs> So so but when we actually talk to a corrupt government that's uh, a damn near dictatorship and they have you know who thinks like unilaterally and which is more dangerous than say for instance a a, con- a country in UK or, the, or a country in the EU that thinks de- democratically and has to go through certain processes processes to even launch war but just because we're talking to these people who have nukes which are North Korea, who have buku nukes and move unilaterally and can literally do whatever the fuck they want just with one call, oh, then that then that's a bad idea. Like, it's bad to talk to. Like, no, like, the, just common sense for me. Wouldn't we talk to them? <laughs> and, but again, like, we wouldn't even have to, like, literally, like, talk with them or meet with them is like if we have multilateral trade agreements set up across the board where you know countries will be automatically penalized through trade you know and not instead of us drawing joining the fuck out of them uh, and uh, instead of us like implementing actual sanctions on them it'll just be way better bro um but yeah, so I and so really what I came up with like by the end of the night is that Pete Buttigieg and Kamala Harris are so disingenuous. Um I didn't really play Kamala Harris's clip cuz it was actually kind of boring and Pete Buttigieg's clip was boring too. I didn't realize how boring it was until I played it. But um what I kind of, like, realize is that um, Kamala and Pete are so fucking disingenuous. And, like, Kamala, she was really... She came out swinging, but she didn't hit nothing. Um, when she kind of went to the back and forth with tosi, she just basically said said, we have somebody in the Democratic Party that's criticizing the Democratic Party, which is bad, and she shouldn't be president. <laughs> like, that's all she said. That's all the fuck she said. And then she got, then she was like, oh, well, that went on Fox News and berated uh or, or uh, eviscerated Obama, talked bad on, on Obama. Bro, she didn't, though. Like, literally, like... One clip takes out is taken out of context when she says, "Oh well, Obama doesn't want to say Islamic uh, extremists or something like that." Yeah, radical ex- is uh, Islamic extremists, um, and it, and they put it in the context to where like you know it was a right wing thing, and Tulsi was like, "Hey man, you call these Islamic these these you know." people islamic extremists cuz that's what they are. When now that, even that's not even what it was in. It was actually in the left uh it was she was actually punching right, you know, from the left um about uh Obama basically, you know, um actually I'm going to get back with you guys on that. It, it because it's like I forget particularly what it was, but um when I when I when I seen the clip uh in full like context it was like oh well this really isn't that bad so like yeah um i'm i'm going to try to play the full clip and if, if if you guys find the full clip and be like hey well actually she was on some white rings right wing shit um then send it to me so y'all can finally dunk on me um but uh overall overall um considering all the candidates um i know i didn't really talk about certain candidates a lot in this episode uh so uh what i want to do is just basically uh talk about the candidates individual performances and then after that what they should work on if they want to continue to be president um so uh for this one uh for a candidate's individual performance uh for Warren Warren she did surprisingly well um and she came on the offense for like the majority of the debate um, I, I thought you know she would probably be a weaker target, definitely with Medicare for all, but she kind of like really stood her own. Um, Bernie Sanders did exceptionally well and had great responses that resonated uh good with people. Um, that's uh reason why I say resonated good with people is because that um just from watching the debates um objectively, it seems like that's what he kind of has a problem with in a lot. Of instances, but I I think that has a lot to do with the location too. Uh, because Bernie is like way more popular in certain locations, um, and I think actually I think Bernie is like right under Biden in when in Georgia, like um, of course Biden has like this ten point fucking lead that is like fucking monstrous. But right after that, um, I think second place is Sanders. So, um, he did exceptionally well. Had great responses. Resonated with the people. Um uh that fact uh Washington Post tried to do a fact check on him saying that, you know, five hundred thousand people uh, you know, don't commit bankruptcy. Yeah, what whatever dude. that's the most comprehensive fucking study actually. And the other studies that they try to do to see how many people go bankrupt, they have a lot of falsehoods and inaccuracies. So, um depending how you frame that it's, it's, it makes it a fallacy or not Like if you said straight up 500,000 people declare bankruptcy every year Because of um, medical bills Then yeah, then it's a fallacy Because the study really just focused on um, 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 Medical related reasons So it, it doesn't really have to flat out be You know, medical debt um, But even if it's medical debt Again, a Bernie is the only candidate Only candidate that's vying for a uh, a complete erasure of medical debt and um so he he believes in college forgiveness and also medical debt forgiveness i guess um is just comprehensively super fucking cheap by the way super fucking cheap um biden uh biden had a very forgettable performance um really did bad on the me too question um Budajeg, disingenuous prick, <laughs> and he dog piled Tulsi. Yeah, I didn't really like him. Um, Gabbert had to be on the most defensive. Um, Kamala Harris, disingenuous prick, who also piled dog piled Tulsi and disregarded Pete Budajeg's racism. Um, and I feel like that was strictly out of the fact that you know, she was looking for vengeance, bro. A lot of people saying that like. Well, she was defending Pete um, because they're buddies in the, liber- in the Democratic establishment. That may be so, but more so, she wanted to save that night totally for Tosi Gabbard. Totally for Tosi Gabbard. Because she was like, man, you you probably the reason why I went down a poll, so let me get back at you. Um, But I don't see a big bump from Harris after this. Um, Cory Booker did a really good, really solid job. Even uh, bested Warren. Okay. Um, bested Warren in my opinion. Well, I wouldn't say bested. I, I still feel like Warren came out on top in that wealth tax debate. Um, because you know, Corey took it to a moral level, which he shouldn't have. But you know, he proposed really good solutions like the estate tax and um capital gains tax. Um, um making the capital gains tax match one's uh, income tax. I, like he had some really good like policies to like shoot back at her. But um, she ended up kind of winning that. But a really good candidate though uh Andrew Yang he did uh, awesome uh, in the amount of time that he spoke uh I didn't really hear him speak a lot um but yeah also on the empirical evidence they uh, uh, the empirical based evidence man he absolutely crushed uh he had the best response when it came to um dim's paid uh uh paid leave um Tom Steyer Tom Steyer he 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 Tom Steyer um Amy Klobuchar a better moderate candidate than Joe Biden most definitely, and but uh, she's still so uninspiring. Just because she's a moderate, all moderate <laughs> dims are pretty uninspiring. Uh, but she did dunk on Pete uh in his privilege, and that's what I gotta give her, um her 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 props for. And now um, what I'm gonna talk about is uh what these candidates should work on, to like probably have like um a a good performance for the rest of the time that they're in. Um for some of these people it's gonna be kind of hard to really say because they're just so far off from actually winning. But who knows? We'll we'll see. We'll let me let me try. Um Elizabeth Warren, man, she has to find a lane to stick to it, man. One of her biggest problems and um when you check real clear politics, Bernie Sanders has overruled her in second place again. So um it was Elizabeth Warren totally took uh Bernie Sanders place. And then for a while she took uh Joe Biden's place. Um and so it was Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, but uh she slipped, man. She slipped and another and the main reason why she slipped is because, you know, once she started becoming a front runner, her that that her champion progressive like policy like policies, like she she basically tried to water down her progressiveness, like, even the more. And so, like, it, w- it was kind of, like, bad because it's just, like, not only the left, like, you have leftists, like, oh, you tripping, like, you are tripping, tripping. But you have, like, you know, centrist, like, not really getting her complex plan that's really complex for them, not really understanding what's going on with Medicare for all, just like all these bunch of like weird figures and numbers. And, you know, even to like real economists, the math is just off when it comes to her Medicare for all plan, when it comes to her head tax, you know, it, it you know, it, it, it just, it's just pretty off. And again, I'm not really going to talk about her plan in debt um, because it, it, it it's going to, it's a corporate talking about healthcare is comprehensive, but um. Yeah man She just has to find a lane to stick to it um, You know She's either gonna be part of the Progressive side or She's gonna lean more close To people like Kamala Harris and um, Pete Buttigieg but what she Can't do is you know Try to You know play the middle of like Kamala Harris Type people or Well, well let me say Pete Buttigieg Based and, you know, Bernie's base. She cannot play the in-betweens there. Like, it's not going to work because what happens is that you're so fucking prof- professorial that you say this shit that goes over people's heads and these detailed plans to where, like, people don't really understand. They just know you have a plan for it. But when you say it at the debates, it's like, uh-huh. Well, you're not really making sense to me, you know, as the average listener. So find a lane to stick to it. Joe Biden really needs to drop out. Um, but if we're not talking about dropping out, because what, what for me with Joe Biden, I'm just worried about his performative like uh, uh, attributes when it comes to like be battling Trump. I feel like Trump just is gonna mollywop this guy. I mean, we we see Joe Biden at the debates, man. He's not giving it like where he he could give it, like, he's not giving us the performance of a president that we know could, that could be Donald Trump. Um, he, and, and, and I hate to say it, um, but he's kind of like slipping in, you know, the cognitive area of like the uh, cognitive comprehension, comprehension, like he's kind of slipping there. Um, so, and so in and another problem is that he doesn't really row a group of support. Um, people say that a uh, raw uh, a good support base. When people talk about the Democratic primaries and like, oh, well, Joe Biden this, Joe Biden that. Um, well, y'all got to kind to understand that he was the vice president of the first black president. So, of course, he's going to have the default of a lot of old black voters. But when you look at millennial black voters and when you look at millennial voters, period, they hate Joe Biden. Absolutely hate Joe Biden. So... I don't know. Um, if he doesn't drop out, he he would, and he ends up winning, he would totally have to depend on a really good vice president that could viral up his base. A lot of people like we're talking about Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams is a pretty cool pick, um, um, because she's a black woman, so she could probably roll up a good amount of people. But I was really thinking about people on like the the. Um, Really like the Elon Omar's, bro. I'm sorry, like because like his candidate has to have a high profile, hella progressive when it comes to social issues at least, and has to be able to communicate a message of passion of and of hope that can resonate with people. Oh, Joe Biden can't fucking do that. Joe Biden is just the default to beat Trump until it t- it, it it comes to the general election and Donald Trump absolutely mollywops Joe Biden. But uh for um Bernie Sanders, uh that, that's enough on Joe Biden. But for Bernie Sanders, he needs to ditch the nice guy shit, start being more aggressive to chip away at other bases. His energy is already there. And and by energy is like really stamina. So when people talk about Bernie Sanders, energy is his stamina. Like this guy is known to do like five rallies in a day, you know, being seventy five. And so, um I mean uh being like seventy. So it's like for me, what I really want from him is that convert uh like start doing less rallies and convert that stamina into like aggression, right? 'Cause it's like when he would attack Joe Biden, that was amazing. You know, and, and, he, and he attacked Joe Biden because he knows this is who we need out. Like, I hate when progressives be like, well, Elizabeth Warren should drop out, and, you know, because that'll help Bernie. No, like, if you actually look at real clear politics and, and, and just, you know, and actually understand, like, the subdivision of voters, the best thing for Elizabeth Warren to do is to stay in this race. You wanna know how Bernie Sanders is gonna get more voters? Is if Joe Biden drops <laughs> drops the fuck out, because Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders have this same thing in common. Uh, for Bernie Sanders supporters, uh, I think how can I say this without like fucking it up for you guys' ears? Um, basically, for Joe Biden and, and Joe Biden supporters, their second uh, go to candidate is Bernie Sanders, and for Bernie Sanders, their second go to candidate, the bulk of them is Joe Biden. Um, and a lot of this has to do with electability. Now, when we're talking about who has the best electability of Trump, um, only two people really ring a name to me. And that honestly, and that's Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. And when you talk about actual performative um, uh, skills and actual capability, performative uh, capability and who actually can work a field against Trump, I think Bernie has it. And I don't really think Joe Biden has a chance at all. But um, if if Bernie wants to do that, man, he has to start being more aggressive and more aggressive and putting that line between the sand between him and every other candidate. Because what we're starting to see in real clear politics, politics, and in, in in national polls is that even though people like Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren go uh, up and down, and Pete, people like Pete and Yang have had this like this this great surge, I guess. With Bernie Sanders, what he doesn't have to worry about is, like, not at least being third place, right? <laughs> like, with Bernie Sanders, he has this ability to have a constant base no matter what the wave is, no matter the tide. And that could really serve to help or hurt him come, the, come caucus night, come, you know, the first caucuses. Because it's like, you know, Obama, Bernie's going to need New Hampshire and Iowa. He's going to need New Hampshire and Iowa. Definitely. Um if he's wanna do anything. Um but who else? Um Let me hurry up because I'm almost out of time. Uh who did I stop off on oh um out. Um you just drop out Pete. Please just drop out. There's nothing you'll do to everyone. Like if you guys logically think Pete Buttigieg has a chance against Donald Trump you guys are shitting me. And no, it's not because he's gay. It's because he will not be able to galvanize anybody. Anybody. He will not be able, able to galvanize anybody. Now, what he's he's been strategically dumping money into the right places to have a chance and a footing in a Democratic primary, but he won't even get past the primary. Let I'm, I will say this. If, Buttig- if, if the field it looks the exact same now and Buttigieg ends up winning Iowa... Then that just means Bernie's gonna win New Hampshire, and Biden might win because he's gonna clean every he's gonna clean everybody when it comes to the when it comes to Super Tuesday. When it comes to states like South Carolina and Georgia, he's gonna clean the fuck out of everybody. And so that's why it's imperative for people to guess to drop out because it's just please drop out. Tosi Gabbard, drop out. Um, but if you don't want to drop out, Tosi, you can continue to call off the Democratic establishment. But to be honest, the smear has completely tarnished your campaign. And at this point, I just don't see any like body really galvanizing behind you for you to even win a state in the primary. Um, if I would give you an ev- any Tulsi an advice, it would be to change tactics to court more leftists. Um, I really hate how Harris came with this disingenuous bullshit when it came to... Uh, you know, saying that because uh, another thing she says uh, about Tosi is that she has all these Fox News appearances, you know, critiquing Obama, and 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 what people, what propagandists do is that they 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 point out an an obvious truth, and then they just gaslight the rest of the shit. So what you got to do a lot of times is that you got to you, you got to keep yourself in a position to where you can't necessarily be gaslit. And I feel like some of, just being objective, some of Tulsi's tactics when it came to, like, going to, like, right-wing media, like the Rubin, David Rubin report, like, that shit just blew me. But a lot of that shit has been used to gaslight her on the other side. Now, like, true leftists who are, like, proponents of, like, free speech and, like, really know, like, Tulsi, like, don't really have a fucking problem with it. Like, you know... I was kind of like thrown off a little bit that she went on a Dave Rubin show just now since he said that shit with uh, Trump Jr. But um, uh, real leftists really don't care about that shit. But you, you, you're giving people, you know, these these basically inches to gaslight you, you know, give people an inch, they'll take a mile. So stop that. Um um, Kamala Harris Just drop out please There's no way she'll uh, Harris is I think Kamala Harris is like Fucking fourth In her own hometown Like I mean in our Home home state of California Which is absolutely Fucking sad uh, Yang Keep doing you man uh, you, you're gonna have to end up dropping out though. But uh, to me, I feel like Yang has the most organic surge. So be be real surprised how uh Yang performs uh in the next coming months. Uh, Booker, you got to drop out. Really good candidate. You just don't have anybody behind you. Uh, Klobuchar, drop out. Um, you're an amazing senator. And Steyer, uh, Tom Steyer, you need to drop out. Um, and make like a billionaire progressive super PAC. Um, until Civ- Citizens United uh, gets overturned or whatever we decide to do with that shit, um, just make a a progressive super PAC that has like a bunch of climate um change activists, have bunch of like social justice warriors in it, and will you'll we'll be loved by progressives. Just do that instead. Um. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's really all I have today. Um. Man, these these sorry and sorry for the long episode, but these debates are becoming less and less compact or in stage packed. So it's they they starting to aim out some more substance, but it's not kind of still a snooze fest. But um, it it's it's what it is, man. We'll see. Um, no, uh, soon I'll be doing an episode over healthcare. Um, uh uh in all the candidates' healthcare plans. Um, I'm. Uh, I really want to do that to show you guys like the difference. Um, I don't know if I want to do it all in one episode, cause I talk a lot and it's really detailed, comprehensive shit. Or I might just do it like episode by episode. But I'm gonna definitely start. With the public option plans first, because uh you you guys I actually know all the arguments for Medicare for all by now, <laughs> so I really want to save that one. La- those Medicare the ones the single payer plans like uh Tulsi Gabbard, uh Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders. The single payer plans like I'm a uh like wait um after I'm done with these multi payer these dual system plans like Pete Buttigieg, um Kamala Harris. Um, Joe Biden, Amy Klopachar. Um, so yeah, um, next series that you really hear will be over healthcare. Pray for me. Uh, because this is gonna be a lot. Um, and uh but <laughs> thank you guys so much for uh tuning in today's episode. Um like the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um uh and if you have any questions or suggestions, um if you want to come on the show yourself. To just uh either debate me or you know just you know speak your truth about you know what you believe in. I we welcome everybody. Um, so never be afraid to reach out. Um, we're doing some real big stuff. Stuff soon as far as just you know. You know, getting people together, progressives together, um, to organize, um, you know, something, some big shit. Just, just know, some big shit is gonna happen before we get to next year. Um, because, you know, 2020 will be the race for our lives and that's up and down the ballot. Um, so, uh, again, thank you guys for coming chill with me. Hope you really guys receive this episode. Uh, hope you guys really receive this episode. Um, and peace out.